Rejection. I got 30 minutes. I think I got plenty of time for us to finish today, tonight. We're going to apply. We've been talking about rejection. Anybody here not come for the last three or four weeks? Tonight's the first night you've heard anything about rejection? You need to go download it and listen to it, Englands, because you're going to be lost today. And it's so good, isn't it? Getting free of rejection. I'm not trying to say my preaching's so good. God's Word is so good. It is so good. And let me tell you, even, even though I've been through this over and over and over in my life, somehow we still pick up a little bit of rejection along the way. Have you ever noticed? Have you ever noticed you pick stuff up that you wished you hadn't? And a lot of times it's rejection. And we saw last week um, the ultimate rejection was Jesus Christ being rejected on the cross. And I have, I have had application of what I've preached the last two Wednesday nights in my own life and in the others' lives that have come, to, uh, come, to my, uh, come into my relationships where we cannot allow our decisions, our direction, our walk with Christ, our walk with one another to be based on feeling. If it's based on feeling, you will be led astray. We must be based on fact, and you have to realize after tonight that you are accepted. Whether you've been rejected by a husband, whether you've been rejected by a wife, whether you've been rejected by a parent, whether you've been rejected by a coach, whoever you've, by a best friend, man, some of them hurt the worst. You are accepted. You are accepted in Christ. That's what we learned last week. But I hope over the last three, three sessions, you have allowed the Lord to, to identify what rejection you have in your heart, what rejection you have experienced. And sometimes it's a childhood thing, sometimes it's yesterday. But we need to allow God to completely heal that up. Not cover up the wound, not sew stitches over a wound, over a, a thing that's been in your, that's down in your heart. Nope, we need to allow the Lord to go in and take that out of your heart, remove it completely, and then heal. Amen? And that's what Jesus did going to the cross. We were, we, he was rejected so we would be accepted. He was wounded so that we would be healed. When you walk up to this altar, you're not just walking up to an altar just to say, God, I need you to heal me. You're walking up to an altar saying, Jesus, you were wounded. I am confessing as I walk up here, and this is part of my confession walking up to have Pastor Paul pray for me, is that, Jesus, you were wounded so that I would be healed. I'm not just coming up here to get healed. I'm coming up here to proclaim, God, I believe this is what happened to you on the cross, and I'm coming up here to access it. Do you get it? it? It's so much bigger than you just coming up and sharing your need. In God's eyes, in God's eyes, you are coming up and saying, God, you're God. And I am ready to receive what it is that you provided for me on the cross. And part of that, by your stripes, I am healed. I can be healed before the pastor can ever even lay hands on me. Why? Because the provision has been made. You have, even though, 
you feel rejected, because you were rejected, Jesus paid that price of rejection over your life so that you would be accepted. Jesus paid the price on the cross so that when you face sin, you would have the power over that sin. You may not feel like you have power over sin. It doesn't matter how you feel. You have missed the truth. When someone receives Christ, really receives Christ, I'm going to have to get back on track, but I'm kind of going on. I'm going good. I'm preaching good. When someone genuinely receives Christ, I don't mean play the religious game. I don't mean go to church their whole life. I mean receive Christ. Then that addiction they're battling, they now have power over. It doesn't mean it's not going to be hell getting out of it. It will be. But you have the ability to get out. The power in you is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. You can get over it. What are you struggling with? Forget that it has a hold of you and let the right one have a hold of you. He will walk you through it and get you out of it. My foot had almost slipped. Then I realized who my daddy was. And I got up and walked out of that hole. That hole's not for me. My place is right next to Jesus Christ. My place is right next to the Father. Why? Because of Him. Not because of what I did. Not because of what I didn't do. Because of what He did. And I received that. Okay. Rejection. I could just preach that. Rejection. Depression. No. Jesus, I come to the cross. And I receive at the bottom of that cross what you provided for me. And depression, you can't have my mind. You can't have it. I have the mind of Christ. I come to this altar. I come to this church. I'm at home and I seek after you, God. And I come beyond the veil. We sang, we sang two new songs tonight, which I just thought was awesome. It's always a no-no. Don't ever sing two new songs. And Tammy's like, oh, no, 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 we can't do two. I'm like, no, we got to do that other one. Let me deal with it. They don't like it. They can throw tomatoes at me. I want to do it. Christ alone, cornerstone. I, my, what was it? My hope is found within the veil. My something is found within the veil. I loved that. My anchor holds within the veil. What does that mean? Nothing can move me when I am in Christ. Nothing. Do you realize what you're singing? My anchor holds Storms are blowing, it's trying to overturn our ship, but wait a minute, my anchor is in Christ. It will not turn over. Well, that's good. All right, so tonight we're going to look at five steps to getting free from rejection. Are you ready? Let's go real quick. Step number one, how many of you like to apply? I walked over to some row over there and y'all were all applying lotion. All of you wringing your hands all at the same time. It kind of scared me a little bit. Like, wait a minute. What are y'all doing? They were having an application moment. Number one, this one's deep. Identify 
the rejection in your heart. You've got to come to grips that you are battling with something. You cannot go through life trying to get over something, but you never accept the fact that you're battling it. You've got to identify your enemy. There's Goliath. We're going to have to go fight Goliath. Somebody go fight Goliath. Well, that's me. Say, that's me. That's your calling to take out the giant in your life. Jesus has already done it. It's already paid for. It's done. You just got to go walk it out. That giant's going down. Doesn't matter how big he is. Doesn't matter how ugly he is. Doesn't matter how smelly he is. He has to go. So we recognize and we call our problem by its name, rejection. God always has to bring us to the moment of truth before we can receive help. Jesus said to those that came to him, what is it you need? Well, I need to see, then see. I want to walk, then get up and walk. I've got a problem with rejection. Okay, let's, let's deal with that. Step number two, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. Because Christ suffered for you, leaving you as an example that you should follow in his steps. Give me just a second. So what should step two be? It is to take Jesus at his pattern. What is his pattern? How did Jesus meet rejection? For three and a half years, he had given his life totally to doing good, to forgiving sin, healing sickness, delivering demon-oppressed people. And at the end of that time, Jesus Uh, The Roman ruler offered a choice to Jesus' own people, the Jewish people. They were willing, the, the leader was willing to release Jesus to them. It was common, it was common for that day. They had three people to be crucified. I guess they had four because they let they crucified three and let one go. And they said, Hey, wait a minute. I got a I got a I got a thing here. I kind of think Jesus is is uh innocent. I'm gonna release one to you. The Jewish people had a chance to release Jesus, but what did they do? They rejected him. They rejected him after everything that he's been doing for the last three and a half years. This man, this Roman ruler, was willing to release Jesus or a criminal named Barabbas. And you know the story. The people, of course, rejected Jesus and chose Barabbas. They said, away with Jesus crucify him. We don't want him. We'll have Barabbas, the thief and the robber. In response, Jesus prayed this prayer, Luke 23, 34, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. Step two, what do you think it is? Can y'all even see that when I do that little green thing? Forgive. Right now, that person that's rejected you. I have had three moments in the last two weeks to have to confront somebody that I didn't realize was carrying something against me since childhood. 
One of them, I was just sitting at a, and this person probably wasn't even holding this against me, but he brought up that in preschool, I mean, how can you even remember back that far? Isn't it funny? There's certain things you can remember, and it's probably something bad. Preschool. And I went to preschool at uh, College Side Church of Christ, of all places. But I did. Good church. And guy says to me, and he's a friend of mine, he said, do you even remember breaking my airplane? You broke my Nerf airplane. I said, I did? He said, yeah, you did. I said, well, I probably did a lot more than that. He didn't say anything. I said, well, will you forgive me? Well, sure, I will. But that's what he'd remembered. A month late, earlier, who was I with? I was with the Keys. Yeah, yeah. And I got set up. The Keys were talking to a family and found somebody that knew me and uh, found out things hadn't gone well in my childhood. This was at Capshaw. And uh, Joyce said, hey, go over and holler at this guy. And I said, who is it? And they said who it was. I'm like, oh. Like, I remember some of that. And I was pretty mean. And I wasn't a real mean person, but I had, I had, apparently I was. So I go over there praying, Lord, he must have already said something. It must be bad already, but Lord, let him, let him forget. Let him forgive. Let him do something, you know. And I said, hey. And he said, hey. And I said, listen, I was hateful to you. Will you forgive me? And he said, sure, I will. And we wound up restoring the relationship. I got to pray over his dad. His dad was having heart issues. But it's like the Lord, it's like the Lord walks us into truth, and then he gives us a chance to get out of our mess. He wasn't taking me into a guilt-ridden hole he was taking me to a place of getting free of something that I didn't even know how to hold of me. And really, I think it was freedom for the other guy. I wasn't walking around with it. But once I heard it, I was. It, got, it was an anchor that was hooked into me. I thought, you know what? Maybe he's going to forgive me. Maybe he's not. I can't control whether he does or not. But what I can control is what I do. I said, I don't even remember you doing anything mean to me. But I remember doing something mean to you. Will you forgive me? Of course I will just breaks it down. So, with that said, the person's probably, they may be sitting next to you. If they are, ask them to forgive you <laughs> or, or turn and forgive them. If, but more than likely, they're not. Right now, forgive them. It's not saying what they did to you is okay. When I asked that, that other adult to forgive me, I wasn't saying that what I did you should feel okay about it. No, it was wrong. I'm sorry. I want you, what, what, what you base your forgiveness on is on Christ. It's not even based on what that person did. It's based on Christ. Will you forgive? Forgive. Everybody say forgive. Do it now. Don't wait. Don't go home with unforgiveness. Can I just encourage you, if I've offended you, forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. Not because I'm a good guy. Not even because I'm your pastor. But because of what Christ did for you.
your husband done something terrible, forgive him. And walk yourself out of it. Walk yourself out of what you're going through. I don't mean walk out of the marriage. I mean, you two grab arms, love each other again, and get out of it. Quit staying in that hole. Forgive. Look at what Christ suffered. He, 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 he was ready to be uh, nailed to the cross, and the people had a chance to let him go. When they said no, Jesus prayed to the Father. Forgive them. Forgive. It's not easy. Left to yourself, you cannot do it. But you are not left alone to yourself. The Holy Spirit is right there with you. If you will yield to Him, He will give you the supernatural grace you need to forgive. Are you struggling to forgive? Pray to the Holy Spirit to help you. Now. Holy Spirit, help us. Maybe you'd say, but pastor, the person you're talking about is dead. That's okay. Forgive them. Forgive them. Whether dead or alive, it's for your sake that you are forgiving. Not for the one in the grave. For you. The parent-child relationship in rejection is so important. Remember this first commandment with a promise, Ephesians 6, verse 2. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Honoring your father and mother does not mean you continually put yourself into an abusive situation. Forgiving someone does not mean you continually put yourself in an abusive situation. Nope, you need to get out of it. And then you need to forgive. And then you need to figure out how to honor your mom and dad. And you know what? I can't explain that to you. And the way, the way to honor your parents is different for everyone. And it may come at a time where you're just meeting someone. And you honor your folks by introducing them and saying something nice about them. You know what? There is something nice to say about them. You just got to look for it. It's easy for me. I've got great parents, parents that love me, parents that have raised me in a church. My mom was talking about how since the day she was one years old, speaking at her mother's funeral Sunday, how she's always been in a household that loved Jesus. Well, me too. And, uh, you know, I, as I was preaching this sermon, this uh, message um, over my, our family where we've just lost our grandma, I've lost my grandmother. All I said was, why, God, did you choose me to get to be a part of this family? And I want to encourage you for just a minute. Why, God, did you choose us to be a part of your family? And out of that, out of your relationship to Christ, not your relationship to your parents, you can honor your parents. If it's based on your parents, you may have a hard time. If it's based on just you, you can't do it. You've got to have Christ. But when it's based on Christ, you can do it. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. The problem is you try to do it in your own strength, and you can't.
you can't. Step two, forgive. The reason we want to honor our parents is so that it will go well with you. It's the first commandment with a promise. If I want things to go well with me, you know, a few things I got to do. I got to figure out what do I do? What do I do for things to go well with me? Well, I know one of them is honor my parents. Well, okay. Let me go honor them for just a minute. My parents, again, are easy to honor. They love the Lord. They're great morals, very strong, hard workers, great people. They love me and they'll fight for me to the death. You say, but my mother was a prostitute. My father was an alcoholic. How do I honor them? You don't honor them as a prostitute or as an alcoholic. You honor them as your father and your mother. The failure to forgive is one of the most common barriers to God's blessing. And it's so thick between husbands and wives. Forgiving your husband or your wife is difficult. You may say, how can I forgive this person after they ruined 15 years of my life and then ran off with another woman or another man? Well, let me ask you this. Do you want them to ruin the rest of your life? No. Forgive them. Quit carrying resentment. Don't be a bitter person. Get free. Don't let them ruin your next marriage. Don't let them ruin your relationship with your children. Don't let them ruin your life. Get free for you. Christ died for you that you may have long life upon this earth. Honor your father and mother so that your days may be long upon this land that the Lord your God has given you. It is the first commandment with a promise. Somebody listen and forgive. If you will hear my voice and obey my word, then you will be the head and not the tail. Listen and do. You can't sit in here and say that was a great message and then not forgive and expect something to change in your life. It's not going to happen. Jesus has paid the price. Now you've got to go do. Everybody say amen. Okay. Am I beating a dead horse? Am I beating a dead dog? forgive. Step four, step three. Do you ever have friends that need help but won't receive help? Don't be like that. Don't be like that. Take the, take the life preserver that's being thrown to you. Take it. Humble yourself and take it. Step three, make a decision to get rid of the bad fruit that rejection has produced in your life. Bitterness, resentment, hatred, rebellion. These things are poison. If you nourish them in your heart, they'll poison your whole life. They'll cause you deep emotional problems and probably physical problems. Step four. Step four, receive acceptance. This one, 
you don't have to do for yourself. God has done it for you. Ephesians 1.6 says that He, God, made us accepted in the Beloved. When you come to God through Jesus, you discover that you are already accepted and that God has no second-class kids. He does not just tolerate you. He loves you. He is interested in you. He cares for you. If we continue, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4 says, For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight, in love. He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will. Verse 6. To the praise of His glorious grace, which He has freely given, given us in the one He loves. We've got to receive acceptance. Number five, last one. Sometimes the hardest one. Accept yourself. Never belittle yourself. You did not make yourself. Christ made you. Ephesians 2.10 says that for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Do you see that he's calling us to walk? Walk in what? Good works. I think one of the best ways to get yourself out of the hole is help somebody else out of their hole. You forget about your hole. Next thing you know, you're not even in it anymore. We are God's workmanship. The Greek word for workmanship is poema. P-O-E-M-A or poem. It suggests an artistic achievement. We are God's masterpiece. You may look back at your life and see a failure, failure in marriage, children, finances, but God labels you as my son, as my daughter. You can accept yourself because God has accepted you, just like you are. So the five steps Let the Holy Spirit identify the wounds that are in your heart and call them by name as rejection. Forgive the people that have harmed you. Lay the destructive fruits of rejection down, such as bitterness, resentment, hatred, and rebellion, and make a decision to let those go. Number four, accept that God has accepted you in Christ. And number five, accept yourself. Now, if you'll follow those five steps, if you'll walk here with me, it's time to claim your release. And I want us to pray a prayer together that will basically set the seal on your heart that we have let this go. You can pray it in your own words, but if you would be willing to, let me lead you in a prayer. Will you all do that with me? Now, listen, our intention is to let this go once and for all. If you remember, we did this at the end of the Blessings and Curses. Once and for all, we're going to let this thing go. We're going to leave it at the cross, and we're going to let it stay there. It's God's problem. He went to the cross with it. Let him have it. Okay, let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I believe that you are 
the Son of God and the only way to God. You died on the cross for my sins. And you rose again from the dead. I repent of all my sins. And I forgive every other person as I would have God forgive me. I forgive all those who have rejected me and hurt me and failed to show me love. Lord, I trust you to forgive me. I believe, Lord, you do accept me. Right now, because of what you did for me, on the cross, I am accepted. I am highly favored. I am the special object of your special care. You really love me. You want me. Your Father is my Father. Heaven is my home. I am a member of the family of God. The best family in the universe. I am accepted. Thank you, Jesus. And one more thing, Lord. I accept myself the way you made me. I am your workmanship. And I thank you for what you have done. I believe that you have begun a good work in me. And you will carry it on to completion until my life ends. And now, Lord, I proclaim my release from any dark evil spirit that took advantage of the wounds in my life. I release my spirit to rejoice in you. In Jesus' name, amen. We release it, Lord. One more important step in achieving acceptance, and that is acceptance by God's people. And it means finding your place in the body of Christ. As Christians, we are never to be isolated. We are brought into a relationship with fellow believers. And that relationship is one of the ways that our acceptance is worked out day to day. It's the only way that I can feel accepted is if I can stay with people. And keep relationship with people. When I get isolated, it's easy for me to get rejected. Acceptance by our Father in heaven is the first and most important step. But however, we need to find expression in our relationship with our fellow believers. I'm almost done. Romans chapter 12 verse 4. It says, for just as each of us has one body with many members. And, the, and those, these members don't have the same function. So in Christ, we through many form one body and each member belongs to the others. We are members of one body, each of us belonging to the others. We can never find full satisfaction. We can never find peace or acceptance apart 
from the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says, Even so, the body is not made up of one but of many. Now if the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not be for that reason. It would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, If the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. You are part of the body. You are the foot, or you may be the hand, or you may be an ear, or you may be an eye. Um, I had a family that went on a, a, I hate to even bring this up, uh, Thorntons, but y'all went on a cruise and I missed y'all for two weeks. And sure enough, I went to Michelle and I said, where are the Thorntons? Well, they're on vacation. Well, how could they go on vacation? But I did, I, rec- I, noticed, I noticed you guys gone. And I missed you. When you're missing, nothing can replace it. You are that part. And you are that important. You know what they do? They serve back in uh, Bible drills every single week. Every week. What, what are y'all doing in here, by the way? <laughs> every week. What a huge part. And you know who they're pouring into? They're pouring into my kids. You doggone right, that's important. You are vital. You have got to find your place. And you know what's great? You have a place that's made just for you. You feel like you're the outcast. You feel like you're the, you're the black sheep. Not in God's church. No such thing. You are made to fit perfectly into this body. But you've got to go fit in. You can't wait for the church to put you there. You go. Initiate. Hit the apply button. Get yourself plugged in. You are a part of the body. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Have you ever said that to somebody? Yeah. Sometimes I think, I don't need you. And then when they're gone, I realize I needed them. I can't do that. I'm not called to do that. It's impossible for me to do that without the right piece in in place. You have a part I have a part. There was a time in this church when Pastor Chris and Cindy left that I was a lowly sound guy and everybody left. The band left. Everybody I knew left. I'm like, I'm useless. I've got no place. I'm nothing. Nobody could encourage me. There's nobody left around. (laughs) They were all gone. You know what the Lord did? The Lord encouraged me. Don't run off. I went to my parents. I said, I want to leave. They said, well, has the Lord called you to leave? No. Why would you ask me that? Of all, I, I thought of all people, they'd, ha- they'd say, oh, yeah, come on to my church. They weren't here at this church at that time. Come on to my church. They didn't. They said, what's the Lord told you? Well, I don't want to say. I want you to tell me it's okay to go. And you know what's funny is I probably would have left. But that's what I've got in my parents. No, 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 no. What God has for you is better than anything that, I de- that they desire for me. Now, that just blew somebody's mind. 
as much as their heart is for me, what God has for me is better than what they have for me. And that's what they brought to me. Wait a minute. Even though I do want you over there, that's not where, where does God want you? You're not going to be happy where I want you. You're going to be happy where God wants you. You know where God wants you? In the church. He wants you rubbing up next to his people. I don't need you. Yes, we do. We need each other. God's purpose is to bring you into family. God's plan is family. It's not Lone Ranger and Tonto. It's family. Can I pray over you? I want to pray this prayer over you. I I would just have you repeat this with me, but I'm just going to pray it over you. You may be here tonight and you may say, I have just been lonely and unfulfilled. Can't find my place in church. Lord, we just acknowledge that right now. And Lord, I have sat there. Lord, we long to dwell in your house. To be a part of a spiritual family of committed believers. Father, I just pray over this church body. If there is any barriers in us, Lord, I ask you to remove them. You may have even been hurt in church. Lord, I just ask you to heal that up. You may have even been hurt by a pastor. Father, I just thank you that Jesus went to the cross for my healing. That he was bruised that he was beaten, that he was chastised so that I might be free. Father, guide us to a group where we fit and where we can make a difference and where they can make a difference in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I want you to know, if you've prayed with me tonight, if you have agreed, and if you have followed God's word, change is going to come. You're going to have breakthrough. I speak breakthrough in Jesus' name. Breakthrough in relationship, breakthrough in trust, breakthrough in hope. Now, go and be fruitful and multiply. That doesn't have to be taken the wrong way. Bring in the lost in here. Let's get them in the baptismal waters each week from now on for the rest of the year. How about that? That sound good? Are y'all even listening to me anymore?